0: Remember, remember the 6th f- of November <laughs> Yes, please, too Pretty please Well, I don't know why I came here tonight That's why I got the feeling there's something right No, it ain't I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair Not in Georgia Then I'm how I'll get down the me Jokers to the right here i am stuck in the middle with you yep yes i'm stuck in from pacifica radio in los angeles, angeles this is the broadcast as heard on kpfk 90.7 fm in I'm la 98.7 in santa barbara 93.7 in san diego 99.5 fm in ridgecrest and china lake up in oregon on the central coast on kyaq and cottage grove on queso Now heard in Eugene, Oregon on KEPW. Welcome aboard. Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR. In New Orleans on WHIV, in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis St. Paul's AM 950, KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day for your listening convenience on the internets on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Nicole Sandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn. GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me. From bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope you are buckled up. I know I'm not. Uh, election Day is uh, Tuesday, November sixth, and uh, could be the most important election day in this nation's history. Then there's the fallout you can expect to come hard on November seventh and beyond. So I hope you've got some energy beyond Election Day. We're going to need a lot of uh, energy on uh, Tuesday, but there's a lot, there's a whole bunch of stuff to come thereafter f- regarding the elections, regarding. Counting those elections regarding Donald Trump's response to those elections. If you think this is over after November 6th, think again. But still, for today, we're just focusing on November 6th. Ride-sharing companies Lyft and Uber are providing highly discounted and, in many cases, free rides to the polling place on Tuesday. So no excuses, people. Time to vote. If you haven't already, uh, vote like your life depended on it, because in many cases it very well may. And we need to see presidential election level turnout on Tuesday to send a clear message to the powers that be about what is going on amidst our ongoing Donald Trump GOP national emergency And to try and counteract the massive attempts at voter suppression and other dirty tricks that are now ongoing around the nation in Tuesday's absolutely critical midterm elections. So all hands on deck people, no excuses. Uh, But if you have one, I might like to hear from you a little bit later in the show. If all goes well, I'll try to open up the phones a little bit later. I would love to hear from folks who have already voted or who plan to vote on Tuesday, but who normally don't vote in midterm elections. Why are you choosing to vote this year? I'd love to hear why. And uh, as last week, I'd also like to hear from folks who don't plan to vote and why the hell that would possibly be. Our phone number, if you want to get in line now, I got a bunch of stuff to get through here first. But if you want to queue up, it's 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. We are live in the studios today. Now, I don't do predictions, uh, but all things being equal, there would be a Democratic tsunami on Tuesday at the gubernatorial level, at the U.S. House level, and yes, even the senatorial level. But alas, all things are not equal, which is just one of the reasons I don't do predictions. There are too many unknowns right now in this election. Nobody knows what the makeup of the electorate will actually look like on Tuesday there is just no reliable model for this sort of election. I know you're going to hear a lot of uh, pundits pundits and geniuses on television telling you what to expect. You should not believe them. We've never had an election like this one in the country, at least not in modern times, uh, since the existence of modern polling. We also haven't seen as many attempts at voter suppression in as many states as we are seeing this year. At least not since before the passage of the 1965 Voting Rights Act, since that supposedly ended the Jim Crow era in this country, Uh, as we discussed on Friday's show with the great Ari Berman. You can download that and a bunch of important shows from last week for free. At Bradblog.com or here at uh, KPFK.org in our our, our archives uh, if you missed any of those shows last week and would like to avoid the desperate punditry and predictions, in other words, guesswork that you'll be subject to between now and the time that uh, computers – yes, computers – In all 50 states, begin tabulating results as of the close of polls on Tuesday. Uh, Then, of course, there are other known unknowns, such as the potential for mischief or error or hacking or malfeasance or just plain failure of our nation's voting and tabulation and registration infrastructure. Just one example today from the Boston Globe. Hackers have ramped up their efforts to meddle with the country's election infrastructure in the weeks leading up to Tuesday's midterms, sparking a raft of investigations into election interference. That, according to internal U.S. intelligence documents obtained by the Boston Globe, the hackers have targeted voter registration databases, election officials and networks across the country, from counties in the southwest to a city in the Midwest, according to Department of Homeland Security election threat reports that have been reviewed by the Globe. The agency says publicly all the recent attempts have been prevented or mitigated. But internal documents show hackers have had, in fact, quote, limited success. The recent incidents ranging from injections of malicious computer code to a massive number of bogus requests for voter registration forms, have not been publicly disclosed until now, until today, the Boston Globe reports, just hours before polls open on Election Day. Well, hooray. Federal agencies have logged more than 160 reports of suspected meddling in U.S. elections since August 1, according to the documents. And of course, these are only the ones that they have been able to notice The pace of suspicious activity, they report, has picked up in recent weeks. Up to 10 incidents a day, and officials are are said to be on high alert. A DHS spokesman attributed the recent increase in reported incidents to more vigilance and better communication between state offices and his agency. The daily DHS election threat reports compile initial on-the-ground accounts of Possible interference, but make no conclusion about who is behind the attacks. However, the reports reviewed by The Globe describe most of the recent incidents as, quote, foreign based. The Globe obtained these unclassified reports, which are distributed to law enforcement agencies and election security officials across the country uh, for a period covering uh, eight consecutive days in late October Uh, They also refer back to uh, problems going uh, since the beginning of August. In late August, for example, Vermont officials found that hackers were scanning their voter registration databases and looking for vulnerabilities. That, according to Vermont's Secretary of State. Reports from the last two weeks show that states have flagged dozens of new attempts by foreign hackers to penetrate their systems, steal voter data, access email accounts, Investigators have been able to draw connections between several of the attempted hacks in different states, so a coordinated uh, effort. Uh, That according to a November 1 DHS bulletin. So just days ago, this is hot, fresh stuff. In the last week of October alone, at least a half a dozen states report barrages of malicious login attempts on voter databases. And election security systems, according to the reports, one state, which is not named in the documents, successfully blocked over 51,000 login attempts from a foreign uh, from foreign countries in just one 24-hour period. The next day, the state, a different state, fended off 52,000 attempts. Internal intelligence documents show some of the cyber meddling efforts have had, quote, limited success, such as on October 23, a senior official in charge of a state's election process. A senior official in charge of a state's election process. They don't name the official, but sounds like a pretty high up official. Um, That official had a personal social media account that was hacked and re-registered to a Russian email provider. The report does not list the state or include other identifying details, so that's all we have to go on. Um, There are other uh, troubling notes from DHS in this GLOBE report. So yes, threats to our electoral system are very real and very much ongoing. From outside, from foreign nations and hackers as well here in the U.S., and from insiders like voting system contractors and, yes, election officials. Our election, uh, our electoral system, this voting, tabulation, registration, all of that is on computers. It is remarkably fragile because it's entirely computer based. So threats can come from anywhere and even discovery of manipulation of the system is very rare we often don't know about it when it does happen. We don't hear about it when officials learn about it. But the public doesn't know. Often officials don't even know about it, particularly when it comes to election results. Since the DHS ad- admitted for all the uh, all it claims through an anonymous source talking to the uh, Boston Globe there, uh, for all that it claims to be doing now, we know that DHS nor anybody else ever bothered to actually count the ballots From 2016, or forensically investigate the voting systems after that election, despite all the questions about it. We will likely never know whether Donald Trump was legitimately elected or not. And then there are other folks who simply pretend that their system is being hacked in order to distract you from real problems, which they themselves are actually responsible for. And sadly, as we discussed several times during several shows last week, the corporate media are so unfamiliar with how these systems actually work and they have learned so little about them that they will report whatever it is that election officials and voting system vendors tell them to say, no matter how the science and the actual evidence actually shows something completely different. An example that is now taking place. uh, (laughs) All right. In 2016, during the presidential election, when the U.S. intelligence community warned of possible and attempted foreign manipulation, Of the U.S. voting system, of its registration and tabulation systems, just like today, the uh, Department of Homeland Security made resources available to state election officials to try and harden systems against potential interference from hackers. Though state and federal elections are all constitutionally administered at the state level. DHS had offered back in 2016 to help states by scanning their systems for vulnerabilities and advising them on how to safeguard against those vulnerabilities in their computer voting and registration systems. But one state, the state of Georgia, which uses 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems across the entire state, and wildly vulnerable and sensitive electronic poll books on Election Day at the polls, and with their entire voter registration database and ballot programming files and even voting system passwords found not long ago to have been left online without any password protection for months in the lead up to the 2016 election, and then again last year before the uh, special U.S. House election, Uh, Near Atlanta, uh, Georgia's uh, congressional, uh, sixth congressional district, before that got all that attention. Uh, Only Georgia, back in 2016, told the DHS to keep their hands and eyes off of the state's election system. Republican Secretary of State Brian Kemp, in 2016, insisted that DHS not provide assistance to them, and then he later falsely charged that Obama's federal government had attempted to hack Georgia's voting system. This was back in 2016. You can check the headline from Wall Street Journal, December 8, 2016. Georgia says someone in U.S. government tried to hack states' computers housing voter data. It was all complete nonsense, and yet the media ran with it anyway. It would be another six months, not until June of 2017, before the inspector general found that the entire claim from Kemp was utter nonsense. The uh, AP headline story at the time in June of 2017, quote, Federal Review debunks Georgia election hack accusation. They found there was absolutely nothing to it. Uh, It was six months after uh, Secretary of State Kemp had made these claims about uh, the Obama administration trying to, quote, breach our firewall. And uh, based on the the investigation from the IG, uh, they were unable to substantiate any of the allegations that DHS had attempted to scan or infiltrate the Georgia computer networks. The IG wrote, rather, the evidence demonstrated normal and appropriate use of Georgia's public website. So the charge was completely f- false, made by Brian Kemp who oversees this 100% unverifiable voting system in his state and would not allow anyone to try to help him out with the vulnerabilities. Now, Brian Kemp, who is still the secretary of state of Georgia, now he is running at the same time to become Georgia's next governor, and he is overseeing his own election contest against Democrat Stacey Abrams. The two are believed to be in a dead heat contest. Even with allegations that Kemp is unlawfully purging voting rolls and rejecting legitimate registrations and absentee ballots that have been sent in. He's had at least two federal court rulings against him in just the past week, telling him to knock it off. But now, uh, after a story that broke over the weekend, uh, late Saturday and uh <laughs> The story found that the state's voter registration database online has been left wildly vulnerable to hacking and manipulation right now, not back in 2016, but right now, today, as we speak, hours from polls opening on Election Day, with voter registrations found to be modifiable or deletable right now online. Kemp is, with all of that, Kemp is once again claiming falsely that the Democratic Party is attempting to hack Georgia's election on Sunday. You may have seen the headlines because it was uh, it was covered everywhere. Uh, The uh, Georgia Secretary of State, this from CNN, Georgia Secretary of State Brian Kemp has set off a political firestorm when his office two days before an election in which he is a candidate Announced on Sunday morning that it had opened an investigation into the Georgia Democratic Party in connection with what it described as an attempted hack of the state's voter registration system. And I heard about this everywhere. I started hearing from people, oh, my God, the Democrats are trying to hack into Georgia's system. This uh, began on uh, Sunday morning. It actually started on Saturday. But on Sunday morning, Kemp's office released a a statement claiming there had been, quote, a failed attempt to hack the state's voter registration system. And uh, that the secretary of state's office in Georgia had opened an investigation into the Democratic Party of Georgia on Saturday, claiming that it had to do with certain cyber crimes, Now, by late Sunday, long after the baseless Democrats are hacking Georgia headlines had gone all all, all over the place on the Sunday news shows and everything else. Finally, by Sunday night, CNN said they obtained a series of emails uh, from the secretary of state's office that was supposedly led to these accusations. The email emails refer to findings by a voter who had said he had discovered potential vulnerabilities in the state's voter information page. And it's online registration system. That voter took his concerns to the Georgia Democratic Party to through their voter protection hotline to try to alert authorities about this, that according to his lawyer and his lawyer um, told CNN that the man who discovered these vulnerabilities on the Georgia website is not affiliated with any political party. He said the man has some software background, but he is not a hacker. Now, had CNN or any of the other corporate outlets bothered to actually read the exclusive from Jordan Wilkie, who we had on this show uh, about two weeks ago, uh, over at the independent outlet, whowhatwhy.org, they would have known right away that Kemp's story when he put it out on Sunday morning was complete and utter bunk. As Jordan Wilkie and Timothy, Timothy Pratt Uh, reported over at Who, What, Why. Two days before the midterm elections, a series of security vulnerabilities have been discovered that would allow even a low-skilled hacker to compromise Georgia's voter registration system and, in turn, the election itself. It is not known how long these vulnerabilities have been in place or whether they have already been exploited. Just before noon on Saturday, a third party provided Who, What, Why with an email and document sent from the Democratic Party of Georgia to election security experts highlighting mass, quote, massive vulnerabilities with the state's My Voter page and its online voter registration system. According to the document, it would not be difficult for almost anyone with minimal computer expertise to access millions of people's private information and potentially make changes to their voter registration, including canceling it. In this election and during the primaries, voters have reported not showing up in the poll books, being assigned to the wrong precinct and being issued the wrong ballot. All of that could be explained by a bad actor or several bad actors changing voter registration data. And at this point, there may be no way of knowing what happened. Who, what, why reports that Georgia's registration system is actually run by a Connecticut-based private contractor named PCC Technologies, They actually have contracts to manage voter registrations, uh, I'm sorry, voter registration systems for Georgia and 14 other states. And I don't yet know what those other states are, but they have done a terrible job in the state of Georgia. Uh, These vulnerabilities, as detailed by Wilkie and Pratt, are, are horrible. It makes it frighteningly easy to change or even delete pretty much every voter registration in Georgia, as I read this. Our friend, the uh, world-renowned computer security and voting system expert, Hari Hursty, uh, is quoted in one of the articles over there. He has hacked just about every voting system out there. He told Who, What, Why, quote, This is the equivalent of having the bank safe door open, and while it's open, You have the bank's safe codes posted on the door. People who have built this have no idea what they're doing, said Hursty. Long story short, the man who discovered the vulnerability reported it to Democrats. Democrats reported it to federal intelligence officials and to Brian Kemp. And then Kemp released a statement saying that Democrats had hacked Georgia's voter registration system. And the media ran with it on the eve of the most important elections of probably any of our lifetimes. So some guy was doing the right thing, and Brian and letting the uh, the state know about it. Brian Kemp, uh, he he let them know about it, uh, you know, not publicly, so as not to tip off the world about this insane vulnerability, and the thanks he got was that Brian Kemp goes public and says Democrats are trying to hack the election. I, it's just mind-blowing. I'll link over to the actual stories that who, what, why that led to all of these other stories you're seeing today. But uh, what uh, Kemp's office is is uh, doing is disingenuous, according to the lawyer for the nonprofit Coalition for Good Government. That's uh, Bruce Brown is the attorney. He noted that at uh, 7 o'clock on Saturday night, he had emailed... Uh, one of the uh, former governor of Georgia in their capacity as uh, two two people as they're in their capacity to counsel the secretary of state, Brian Kemp, to notify them about the serious potential cyber vulnerabilities here in the registration files. Brown also told Kemp's lawyers about it and that the information had already been forwarded to national intelligence officials. He told Brown, told who, what, why, what is particularly outrageous about this is that I gave this information in confidence to Kemp's lawyers so that something could be done about it without exposing the vulnerability to the public. The Nonpartisan Coalition for Good Governance, uh, an election security advocacy group, has sued Georgia multiple times over the vulnerability of its systems. We have uh, spoken with its executive uh, director and founder, Marilyn Marks, many times about uh, this dreadful job. And believe me, I haven't even scraped the surface of what has been done in Georgia under Brian Kemp's tenure as secretary of state and now especially that he's running for uh, for governor. So joining us now for the latest on this mess is one of those one of those Democrats who hacked Georgia's voting registration system, apparently. That would be the Republican Marilyn Marks, founder and executive director of the Coalition of Good Government Governance. Um, they have forced uh, Brian Kemp into court. I don't know how many times so far this year regarding voting systems. Voters being purged from the rolls or having their registrations rejected by partisan election officials for dubious and or unlawful and unconstitutional reasons. Marilyn Marks, welcome back to the broadcast at this late hour.
1: Thank you so much, Brad. I appreciate it. I appreciate all that great coverage of Georgia. And as you say, you've only scratched the surface.
0: I I really have. I mean, I'm sure I could go for hours. I have gone for hours over the years uh, with you on this. (laughs) I know you have. Uh, So, Marilyn, first off, your response to this firestorm that uh, Brian Kemp set off on Sunday uh, with these clearly false claims that Democrats are hacking into the voter registration system in Georgia. As I mentioned, you're a Republican. Uh, All of this comes in the middle of this razor-thin contest between Kemp and his Democratic opponent, Stacey Abrams. Uh, your, Your response to that?
1: It is a total abuse of his position as secretary of state you know, to put on the official Secretary of State website immediately that he is having an investigation done against the Democratic Party, against his opposing party, that is just um, a complete abuse of the office. Of course, he had absolutely no evidence. There is no evidence. This was all an imagined political stunt. It's a shoot-the-messenger Done. It's reckless and uh, outrageous. He did the same thing to Logan Lamb, as you recall, mm-hmm. that when Logan Lamb found the vulnerability in the server at KSU, mm-hmm. he immediately notified authorities. And what did they do? They threatened to what? Um, we will crush you, is what he was told. And then, then they called the FBI yep. to try to criminalize what they called Um, his activity as a, quote, perpetrator. He's doing exactly the same thing to the Democratic Party when what they did is take the evidence they had been given, Mm -hmm. they forwarded it to cybersecurity experts. They know more than I are in a position to figure out whether or not this was truly a vulnerability. So they sent it to the experts. They get back word, yes, this is a problem. And from there, um those, you know, Bruce Brown then was able to contact um, the Secretary of State's lawyers. And, and he did so just as you said, they turned they turned this around into a political
0: step as far as I can tell, this is at least the third time that serious vulnerabilities have been discovered in Georgia's uh, voting system. And Kemp has turned around and claimed that the people trying to warn him about these vulnerabilities were, in fact, Hacking his system. And, uh, you know, I noticed that, and I know this, you know this, Marilyn, we have been following this for years. But, you know, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, I noticed they changed their headline. Their original headline was on Sunday, Kemp's office accuses Democrats of hacking. Later on in the day, uh, AJC changed it to, without disclosing evidence, Kemp accuses Georgia Democrats of hacking. But, of course, the original headline, you know, is what made its way around social media and the Sunday shows all day on uh, on Sunday. And when I uh, checked late last night, it was that headline, that original headline, not the updated one that was at the top of uh, AJC, Atlanta Journal-Constitution's most read stories. You know, AJC is a great newspaper, but they have been doing a terrible job of covering concerns about voting systems in Georgia for many months, if not years now. So I guess we can't be surprised if the national media does as well.
1: Um, Brad, you're being too kind to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. They were poised with that story, ready to go. It was very clear that Kemp had contacted them and had said, look, as soon as any story comes out, they expected a story, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And when they and they had the AJC and their sister company Channel Two ready to go with the whitewash, and the, it's more than whitewash, the you know turning it around and blaming the messenger. Mm-hmm. And um, AJC went right for it. And think the minute that Bruce Brown, my attorney, read that, he picked up the phone and called the reporters and said, "This is shameful." You absolutely need to reverse this story, and he worked with them throughout the day, um, trying to back them down from printing such a preposterous
0: story. And, and yet, the you know the damage was done, and it was out there, the and it continues to be out yeah. there. You know, I mean, I even I talked to my parents uh, over the weekend, and they're like, "Yeah, did you hear about that? Uh, the Democrats were trying to hack uh, the state uh, of Georgia." Uh, yeah. I, it, it's it's maddening. Uh, that said, uh, Marilyn, uh, you know, if, if you read, uh, again, uh, Who, What, Why and uh, the great job that uh, uh, Jordan Wilkie and, and uh, Timothy Pratt did over there, some of the quotes from some of the computer experts, uh, Duncan Buell, who's been at this a long yes. time, from uh, South yes. Carolina, um, he said something I can't say on air, but let's just say he said, <laughs> holy blank. Uh, well,
1: I I was on the phone
0: with him when he said that. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Uh, they are stunned by what this could mean. Uh, What may have already happened, we don't know, to uh, Georgia's uh, voter registration database. But one of my biggest concerns, and I got a lot of them for Tuesday, is these electronic poll book systems going down, not being accessible at all, much less being hacked, even when they work right. Uh, In many states like Georgia, which use these uh, e-poll book systems just to sign people in to vote, if those systems go down, Marilyn, people can't vote at all because... They don't have paper backup poll books or their elect uh, their electronic voting system requires sign in via the electronic poll books. Um, Do you have any confidence that Georgia or really any of these other states that rely on these e-poll book systems are adequately prepared for what could go wrong on Tuesday?
1: Well, I can only speak to Georgia because um, I don't know what the other states may have done for contingency planning. But as you recall, we have been to the court now twice on this very point, and we have uh, shown the court mm-hmm. that we're there are dozens of people who have been affected just in testimony we have, much less the hundreds or thousands we know must be happening to, who are being sent away from the polls, sent to the wrong polling location, um, registered in the wrong names, just all sorts of problems that are disenfranchising people because of the so-called glitches, that's what the the Secretary of State calls them, mm. in the electronic poll books. We wonder where those glitches came from. But we are very worried. We've taken it to the court twice. We've tried to get Secretary Kemp to do something voluntarily about the problems to keep from disenfranchising people. The court would not address it, and the Secretary would not address it. So we are very worried about, sure, going going down is one problem, but also things that aren't so obvious. Changing people's data in the system are uh, people being eliminated from the system? Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting problems tomorrow. Perhaps I'll be pleasantly surprised. Oh. But um, we we will be out as poll watchers all day tomorrow, and we'll report back, Brad, um, as we can on yeah. what we learn. That um, but, but we've uh, already seen some things that are concerning. Logan Lamb and I spent 30 minutes. Last week, one day, doing some poll watching, we saw three DRE machines go down in 30 minutes.
0: Three touchscreen systems go down. Go out. Yeah, they, yeah
1: they, uh, they not go down, just start malfunctioning. Yep. It was before our, our, our very eyes.
0: And those are used all across the state. I have heard from people already uh, having similar problems, the screens freezing up, yep. other problems across Georgia. Uh, and that's just one state. But I think it's sort of emblematic of the contest right now, uh, the, the the red and blue contest that is going on. These close races, what Republicans seem willing to do to try to win, what Democrats are trying to fight to overcome. Uh, before I let you go, Marilyn, um, I've been saying now for weeks, given what we have seen coming out of Georgia with all of the voting roll purges, uh, questions about the voting system, questions about their, uh, their, their voter registration database, and now this story over the weekend of the wild vulnerabilities uh, on their voter registration site. I have argued that I don't see how, even if Brian Kemp wins this election legitimately on Tuesday, I don't see how that can be, at this point, regarded as legitimate uh, at this point, given the way he has overseen his own election. Your thoughts?
1: Exactly, Brad. I, I've been saying the same thing with an this, this system as we know to begin with. It's the very best. It is an unreliable, unverifiable system, and the results coming out of it, even when it operates well, are questionable. Yep. So, given what has gone into it, there's no way that anybody's win can be considered, you know, a solid good win. Um, it, it, and, and this is going to be true up and down the ballot. I'm sure you've been following that the races down ballot are just about as tight as the gubernatorial race. So we are going to have many races that go to the wire and that whoever ends up um, being named to go into that office, is it's going to be a question. You know, we do have in Georgia the very unusual uh, condition of uh, it takes 50% plus one ballot to win or one vote to win. Mm -hmm. And so we are very likely going to have
0: runoffs. Yeah, there's, there's probably going to be runoffs in December for a number of races in Georgia, maybe even this gubernatorial contest. I suspect we will be talking to you much more in the days ahead, no matter what happens. Marilyn Marks, uh, please check out her good works uh, on the on the Twitters. She is Marilyn R. Marks, the number one. Marilyn R. Marks, one. She runs Coalition for Good dot org. She has been sending up flares about all of these problems and taking action in court uh, which I know is not cheap. So please consider a, a lot of uh, candidates are out there, uh, you know, begging you for their money in the election season. Uh, please remember uh, the election integrity folks like coalition for good dot org who are actually fighting for you, no matter what side of the aisle you're on fighting for Thank voters. You
1: so much, Brad.
0: Thank you, Marilyn. Stay safe. We'll talk soon. Okay, we'll Uh, we'll talk soon. Uh I bet we will. Thank you. Uh, Okay, let me take a quick break here. Running uh, late, as usual, here on the Bradcast when we come back. uh, Well, actually, when we come back, I want to... I want to see if we have time to play this clip from uh, Oprah Winfrey, because I think it will be a great inspiration for Election Day. And then I'd love to hear from you your calls at 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735, particularly people who have never voted in a midterm, but you're doing so now. Uh, Why is that? And if you're not, why is that? I'd love to hear from you. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is your Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the broadcast. to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks.
2: So let your vote make the difference. Let your vote count. Let your vote speak for you. When we all unite, I know for sure... A change is going to come. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a
0: change going to come. Oh, boy, I hope so. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Your calls in a moment at 818-985-5735. I'd love to hear from folks who haven't voted in a midterm before but have done so now Or plan to do so now. uh, And also, if you have not, why would that be? 818-985-5735. We'll try to get through a bunch of folks as quickly as we can. But as long as uh, Brian Kemp has given himself so much free publicity this weekend by lying about Democrats in Georgia and making it harder for voters to vote in the Peach State, I'll note that his... Um, His opponent, Stacey Abrams, the Democrat who would be the first African-American female to become governor in the United States, she put out a fundraising email on Friday before the nightmares I was just talking about. She said, my parents had to fight for their right to vote in uh, in the Jim Crow South. As a teenager, my dad was arrested for helping black folks register to vote. My mother posted his bail. Now their daughter is running for governor of Georgia. Let that sink in for a moment, she wrote. Generations of hard work, most of which went unrecognized, have culminated in this moment right now. She said, I'll be frank, we're running against an opponent who believes that voting is a privilege and not a right. He certainly does, and he's acting that way, and he's trying to keep as many people as possible, certain people, from voting uh, and exercising their right. Right. Stacey Abrams says, we grew up steeped in Georgia's history of civil rights activism. We were taught to fight for what we believe in by generations of leaders who came before us, including our own grandparents, parents and grandparents. So we will not back down. Glad to hear it. Also late last week, Oprah Winfrey hit the stump with Abrams in Georgia. And you might have heard uh, or seen some of this, but I think this passage uh, from Oprah Deserves to be heard again, uh, if you didn't hear it, a little bit longer uh, uh, passage here, as we are just hours away from polls opening on Tuesday.
2: And when I stand in the polls, I do what Maya Angelou says. I come as one, but I stand as 10,000. For all those who paved the way that we might have the right to vote. And for anybody here who has an ancestor who didn't have the right to vote, and you are choosing not to vote wherever you are in this state, in this country, you are dishonoring your family. You are disrespecting and disregarding their legacy, their suffering and their dreams when you don't vote. So honor your legacy. Honor your legacy. Honor your right. To, to citizenship in this which is the greatest country in the world. The greatest country in the world. And the right to vote is like, like, like the crown we all get to wear. Maya used to say, baby, your crown has been paid for, so put it on your head and wear it. So your crown's been paid for. The right to vote is your crown. And there are tight races all over this country that depend on all of us giving honor, to our greatest democratic right and privilege. So let your vote make the difference, let your vote count, let your vote speak for you. When we all unite, I know for sure a change is gonna come. (laughs)
0: Oprah Winfrey uh, out campaigning with Stacey Abrams, Democratic uh, gubernatorial candidate in uh, Georgia last week. Uh, She talked about uh, how difficult it was for her own family, Oprah did, for her own family. Uh, her, her grandfather to uh, cast a vote in the Jim Crow South. Um, it was uh, very moving. We didn't have time to play all of it, unfortunately, because I do want to get to some of your calls. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. 818 818- 985 KPFK. Let's take a quick break and we will come back. I want to hear from some of you. I know some people had uh, problems voting, have been having problems voting in early voting all across the country, uh, problems registering, etc. Uh, But particularly if you have never voted in a midterm before, but you are going to vote this year or have already voted, I'd love to hear why. Why this year? What changed your mind to get you out to the polls And from those of you who won't be voting for some reason this year, I'd love to hear you explain yourself as well. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is the Bradcast.
2: The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks.
3: Can we stop pretending that the polls are a good indicator of what people are going to do and how they're going to vote? Our elections aren't even a good indicator of people's votes.
4: (laughs) If you don't like who's in there, vote them out. That's what election day is all about. Yes it is. The biggest gun we've got is called the ballot box. So if you don't like who's in there, vote out. Vote them 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 out. Vote vote
0: them out. out. And when, when
4: they're gone, gone we'll sing and dance and, dance and, and shout. shout bring some new ones in and we'll start that show again. And if you don't like who's in
0: there, vote them out. Vote them out. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Thank you, Willie Nelson, a song that he released along with the uh, uh, candidacy of Beto O'Rourke, the Democratic candidate running for U.S. Senate against Ted Cruz down in Texas. Uh, if you If you live in Texas, if you know anyone in Texas... Uh, If you know anyone in North Dakota, Missouri, Arizona, Indiana, Florida, Montana, Tennessee, Texas, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, West Virginia, New Jersey, or Minnesota, you know what? Maybe today is a great day to call them and see if they plan to vote and encourage them to do so. If they're not planning to vote, anyone who tells you that this is all figured out, that uh, the Democrats, oh, maybe they'll take the House, maybe they'll do well in governor's races, no way they're going to take the U.S. Senate. If they're telling you that, they are just making it up. They do not know. It's a tough road, yes, for Democrats, but nobody knows how this is going to play out by Tuesday and beyond when there's likely to be a whole bunch of reportedly very, very close races. Uh, 818-985-5735 is our phone number. Let's go to uh, Greg in Los Angeles. Hey, Greg, welcome to the broadcast. Are you going to be uh, voting this year?
3: Brad? I'm not going to be voting this year. Why? I've been disenfranchised by the United States government. This happened in the 1970s. Very often governments, they punish dissent, and that's what happened in my case. And um, so I just want people to realize that amongst all the other problems we're having with voting, with gerrymandering, with felons not being able to vote, with black box voting, all of the cross checking and all of this, the government actually will take individuals and refuse to allow them to vote, denying them their citizenship.
0: Why was what it uh, to d- wh- is it you were you you were denied? You tried to register to vote here in California, and you were not allowed That's to not vote. It.
3: My citizenship is not recognized by the United States government by the Department of Secretary of State. So if I did attempt to vote. I'd be deemed doing something that was illegal.
0: Where were you born?
3: I was born in Santa Rosa, California.
0: So you're a U.S. citizen?
3: I consider myself a citizen, but the United States Secretary of State deems that I relinquished my right, my uh, citizenship, even though not only did I not want to do that, I didn't even know it was possible to do such a thing.
0: Uh, Greg, I, I've just ne- wanted, I want the public to know that
3: yeah. disenfranchisement of dissent is very, it's an act of ongoing. Uh, Activity in the United States government.
0: Uh, okay, okay, the Secretary of State cannot uh, take your citizenship away from you as a U.S. citizen, as someone who was born well, they, here.
3: They say they say that I renounced it, but I never had any intent of doing
0: that. that
3: There's a long history of doing it. They, they denied Paul Robeson use of his passport. I have friends in the anti-war movement who were put on no-fly list. There's all kinds of ways of inhibiting people and in my case not allowing me to vote.
0: Okay, if you say, and and case. when you when you and you registered to vote out here in California and you were denied?
3: I did not do that because as okay. I just told you, yeah. if I did do that, it would be deemed that I was doing something illegal. Okay. I I I live in California so, with a green card. Uh,
0: okay, send me some information on that uh, Greg. Um, uh, Bradcast at bradblog.com. I'd like to learn more about it. I'm uh I Something doesn't sound right to me there. So I'd love to hear about it. I could be wrong. I'm going
3: to be happy to explain right. it to you in detail, Brad. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. 818 985 5735 is our phone number. That's odd. Marion, I don't think you can renounce your citizenship and literally not be a citizen anymore, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I've been, it's happened before. Marion, welcome to the broadcast.
5: Hi, hey yes, thank you, thank you so much for allowing me to be on the program. um, I just wanted to make a suggestion,
0: yeah, yes? yeah, go ahead, you're on the air,
5: yeah, yeah, I just wanted to make a suggestion. um, I know it's kind of late, but, um, I've been passing it around, mm-hmm. but um, I was thinking that we should have international observers.
0: We do have international observers,
5: oh, we do, I didn't yeah. know that,
0: yeah, we have them uh, they come from uh various places from uh the u n group that oversees. Uh, voting. Now, a lot of uh, places, for example, back I remember in uh, 2004 in Ohio, the Republican Secretary of State at the time said that he would not allow international observers to observe in Ohio. You've had uh, you know folks like Brian Kemp, we've been talking about here in, in Georgia, who has said uh, international observers are not allowed. But we've got international observers. We've got observers. You can be an observer. You can be at your polling place tomorrow. I would encourage you to do that, uh, to observe, to help people, to help voters vote, but we still cannot see inside a computer system. So, unless we actually hand count, hand marked paper ballots, we can't know for sure if the results, as reported by the computers, are accurate. Right.
5: So I, I, um, I you know, I, I just think that it's, it's. Um, If things are not going the way they should go, I think that we should protest, um, you know, such as what has done, you know, been done in other countries, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that just that the, you know, the results are um, inaccurate and there needs to be another um, another election.
0: Yeah. Uh, You
5: know, I I think uh, that's something I think that's something that we should consider.
0: I'm in Um, favor of protest.
5: Because because, because this is the uh, supposed land of the free and home of the brave.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. One vote. Sounds good to me. But I have watched election after election, uh, at least going back to George W. Bush in 2000 presidential election, where you have uh, results that nobody can verify. Nobody has bothered to verify. Uh, Nobody knows if, in fact, a president of the United States legitimately won or lost. Anyway, Marion, I appreciate the call and the thoughts and, yes, the protest. Uh, We'll see you in the streets. Keep the rest of your week open. You might need it. You bet. Uh, Let me go to uh, Jim in LA. Hey, Jim, welcome to the broadcast.
4: Hey, Brad. uh, uh, Thank you for being so mildly brilliant. And uh, I thank Tom Harbin for introduce me to you and uh and i i just wanted to give a shout out to to blaze Pompey, the wisest man in all the media that i, I missed the event i <laughs> got trapped in traffic but,
0: but that was an event a kpfk station event over the weekend i just wanted for people uh, yes, to sir. know yeah
4: Yes, sir. And but you—you
0: you have a solution about uh, vote counting? Uh, Does he tells me on the screen right here?
4: Yes, I do, sir. And I'm a, a bit of a dinosaur. I'm an old hippie, and I—I'm uh, not up on all the <laughs> internet uh, stuff. But, uh, but yes, it's count your vote. Count your vote. Have. Two people at every polling place in America, two volunteers with affidavits and mm-hmm. with a little clicker, you know, mm-hmm. where uh, umpires used to have uh, count the balls and the strikes, yep. count every person going in, count every, and then have this affidavit for Democrats to sign, let's say, I voted 100% Democrat, but count your vote. Take responsibility. Well, let
0: me... Uh, hey, Hippie Jim, let me uh, give you one uh, thought on that. The number of people going into the the polling place, that can be counted. That can be counted now. That is counted. And the, uh, the, the uh, signatures on the poll books are compared to the number of ballots that are cast at each polling location, or at least they are supposed to. That is supposed to be a public process. That much we can do. The problem is not ballot boxes being stuffed as Republicans like to pretend happen. The problem is we have ballots, we have voters, we know we have the right number of voters, and but their ballots, even if it's the right number of ballots, they're counted by computers and nobody bothers to find out if they, uh, the computers actually recorded uh, the results as they were actually cast by the voters.
4: Okay, Brad, yeah. Brad, Brad, here's a simple solution to that. Yeah. If they say it's expensive to do all that, how about a cardboard box and a piece of paper? Yeah. That how expensive is that?
0: It's you know Yeah, it's not expensive at all, Jim. As a matter of fact, it's cheaper than using the crappy computer tabulators that we use in all fifty states. Uh, That's the solution. But it's not going to happen until people learn about these systems and raise holy hell. And I need to remind people here in Los Angeles, we are moving after this election to a 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting system with barcoded ballots that cannot be read by humans. Yes, Jim. Yes, and I've been trying to warn about this for I don't know how many years, specifically here in Los Angeles. Anyway, Jim, i got to run. I I do appreciate uh, the call, your thoughts. Uh, Pay attention. This is uh, not going to fix itself. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate that call, and also calling me mildly brilliant. I uh, mildly thank you for that. Um, Speaking of which, a journalist and radio show host, Brad Friedman who has investigated and written about computerized election systems for almost two decades, warns that if electronic poll books, quote, go down and these places don't have paper backups, it will be a disaster. In the case of a denial of service attack meant to knock out the Internet on Election Day, what do you do, says Friedman? There are no do-overs in elections. That's a quote from uh, today's New York Book Review. Jennifer Cohen writing an article, Voting Machines, What Could Possibly Go Wrong? She uh, notes that uh, Friedman laments, We do not have a system where supporters of the winners and losers can walk away and know the election was legitimately won or lost. As Friedman says, you do not need to be a fancy state-sponsored hacking organization to do it. It's one guy on the inside, whether an election official or voting machine company or contractor or whatever. It doesn't take a nation state to flip an election. That was uh, that mild, uh, mildly uh, brilliant Brad Friedman at New York Books, nybooks.org. I'll link over to Jennifer Cohn's story so you can find out what she's talking about. What could possibly go wrong, she asks, and she answers. And we may all get that answer on uh, <laughs> on Tuesday. We will be uh, buckling up and following things as closely as we can on Election Day. But as I've warned, the big concern, at least to me, is what comes after Election Day. With so many tight races, un- I've never seen so many close races according to the polls anyway, pre-election polls uh, across the country, in Senate, in the U.S. House, in the gubernatorial races. And it's going to mean people are going to have to pay attention in state after state to how results are counted, how they're tabulated, if there are hand recounts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Drop me an email if you uh, see any problems on Election Day. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. But call 866-OUR-VOTE to report any problems you have casting your vote or if you have any questions on Election Day. That's 866-OUR-VOTE, the National Election Protection Hotline. Uh, run by the uh, uh, Civil Rights uh, Commission under law. All right, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my guest today, Marilyn Marks of Coalition for Good Governance, and to you for spending a portion of today with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, you can uh, download it at bradblog.com. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. Until we meet again, do not leave without casting a ballot. On Tuesday, you have the right to vote, even provisionally. Stay in line. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, America.